Well, we want to welcome everyone to Murrayville Baptist Church. If you are glad that you are in this building, say amen. amen. I want you to look at the one. Well, everybody stand first. Look at the one on the left of you and tell them how gorgeous they are. Then look at the one on the then look at the one on the right and tell them how ugly they are. Amen. <laughs> well, that livened up the crowd, didn't it? Amen. It is good to see all of you. We appreciate y'all being here at Murrayville Baptist Church. I'm gonna get Brother Josh Jackson to come and open us in a word of prayer. We now really need to pray for each other after calling them ugly. <laughs> that could get some of us in trouble. Let's, let's pray this morning. Lord, thank you for the day you've given us. Thank you for providing for us throughout the week. Thank you for letting us be able to uh, come to your house one more time. Help us this morning to have a heart of worship, God, to worship you. Please help us get out of the singing and the preaching what you have for us. Be with us throughout the day, Lord. We love you. In your name, amen. Amen. Standing page 28. Thank you. 
Please stand in page eight.
1971, my dad, who was my hero, my dad was everything to me. He taught me how to work my hands. He taught me how to, how to boil peanuts and make my first dollar boiling peanuts. My daddy was my all in all. In 1971, my dad died. I was 18 years old. And when that happened, I lost my identity. I lost who I was, what I was, why I was. Everything about me was gone because my identity was in my daddy. And it was all of a sudden gone. That was 1971. 1982, I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I found an identity that I never knew existed in Jesus Christ. And thank God he's been my identity ever since. Sometimes I get lost in things of the world or maybe lost in maybe me. But I always come back to who I am in Christ. It's all him. It's nothing to do with anything we've done. It's all Jesus Christ and his power working in our lives. And I thank God my identity is found only in Jesus Christ.
you got any tithes and offerings, you can bring it at this time. seated this morning. I got a special announcement. Come here, Aiden. I got a special announcement I want to make this morning. That's my buddy right here. Oh, Aiden, last Sunday morning, I saw him sitting over there by himself about three, four rows back. Didn't know anything was going on in his heart and his life. He's been coming on Wednesday nights. But Aiden came in my office right after morning service, and he said, he said, Brother John, I'm going to tell you something. I said, what is that? He said, I went down and asked Jesus to save me this morning, and he saved me. And I, I watched him. He went from the fourth row up to the choir. Why? Because Jesus saved him and changed his, came in his heart. And Jesus will be in your heart forever and ever and ever. He'll never leave you nor forsake you, Aiden. I just had to tell the church that this morning. Thank you. You got anything you want to say? Huh? Okay. All right. <laughs> Amen. That was the biggest announcement there is. Amen. Um, a couple of things. Uh, youth choir practice right after morning service. Uh, Sister Janet's not able to be with us, but Sister Ashley is going to work with our youth choir because we are having youth night tonight. Uh, Zach is going to be bringing our message. B Big Brady's going to be leading singing. The youth choir is going to be singing. And uh, no telling what we're going to see happen tonight. So you come back and support our youth and let them know that you're behind them 100%. And uh, hey, if we don't, if the church don't get behind our young people, the devil will. And I promise you that. So come and support the youth tonight at 5 o'clock. And remember, youth choir right after morning service. On February the 11th, this coming Saturday, is our Valentine banquet. Everyone's invited. Please be here at 6 o'clock uh, on that Saturday. Then there's a note in here, and I feel funny mentioning anything like this, but on February the 12th, y'all going to have a blowout for me. Amen. I, and I, I think it's for that evening service, if I understand things right. Um, that'll be February the 12th. It'll be our 22nd anniversary here at the church. And, and uh, anyway, bring a T-bone steak about an inch thick, medium well, smothered in bell pepper and onions, big baked potato on the side, and a salad to go along. We'll have a good time. Amen. They're celebrating that about 12 days late. Today is Pastor Appreciation Day. Uh, 22 years that Brother John's been at this church. And uh, this church has blessed church to have such a pastor. 
and I appreciate him and his wife and everything that they do. Uh, they have been a blessing to us and to this church. And uh, at this time, we'd like for you and Sister Deb just come out front. I think he knows what this is. Uh, we do this in every year, so. Uh, but anyhow, uh, this plaque that goes on his wall. Every year, and he has been with us. We really appreciate him. So, uh, while he plays a little bit of something, uh, y'all want to say something first, then we'll get the church to come around and shake hands with you. Let's everybody stand. If she plays, just go ahead and start.
how we all need that wall of prayer built around our lives. You'd be surprised at somebody you may not even think about praying for you and uh, building up your life through their prayers. And uh, I sure do appreciate everybody who's ever called out my name. I remember when we first came up here to Merville, I was in a very bad way, a very low spot in my spiritual walk with the Lord or my spiritual life with the Lord. And uh, I'd just been diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, and uh, it had affected my eyes, and my eyes were whacked out. One's drifted out, the one that way. And uh, the Lord put me and this church together, and uh, the church was without a pastor, and they were at a low spot, and I was at a low spot. And God took two broken things and wove them together. And uh, there's one thing I know. This church has prayed for me down through the years. And I stand here today, not just because of just Jesus, but because of your prayers also. And I thank you for every time that you've ever said the name Brother John or however you say it. Thank you for praying for me. I mean that. And uh, keep, keep praying. Keep praying. Amen. Let's take our Bibles and turn to two places in your Bibles, if you will. Two places that I want you to look at. 1 Corinthians 15 will be our first one. 1 Corinthians 15. And then I want you to turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4. When you find those two passages, would you please stand to honor the reading of God's Word? I want you to really come back tonight and support our young people. Uh, the last time that I was able to be here, I wasn't able to be here the time that Brother Carter brought the message. But I was here the time before that when we had youth night and Brother Zach brought the message. And... Uh, I did get to watch the message on TV that uh, Carter preached or brought to us. And I'm impressed with our youth group. I'm impressed with our young people. And uh, they, they amaze me. And if you've got young people in your family, I, I encourage you to encourage them to be a part of this youth group. And I'd put them up against any youth group in the, in the nation not because they're large in number or size, but because of their heart for Jesus Christ. And I'm just, I'm absolutely blown away with what God does in the hearts of young people. In the, in the hearts of what we would call kids. Kids. And Jesus doing that deep work that he does in their hearts and lives just simply amazes me. So you come back tonight at five o'clock and... Uh, Let's listen to them sing. Let's listen to them uh, preach to us, bring the message, and uh, we'll all get a blessing together. First Corinthians chapter number 15, I want to begin in the latter part of the chapter, verse 51, but I want to point out to you that the entire chapter of First Corinthians 15 is dealing with the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the importance of it. He declares 
the resurrection in the first few verses. He goes through some of the debates about the resurrection. And then he, he even talks about the division of the resurrection. He talks about the description and the design of the resurrection. And now he's going to summarize everything and, and kind of bring it all to a, a head on the deliverance of the resurrection beginning in verse number 51. And he says it like this. He says, Behold, this is Paul writing under the inspiration of the Spirit of God. He said, Behold, I show you a... Everybody say that next word. Mystery. I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin. The strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Now let's look at 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4, please. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4. Great portion of scripture beginning in verse number 13. Paul still writing under the inspiration of the Spirit of God. He says, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore comfort one another with these words. I want to take these two passages of scripture. And bring them together before us all. In a simple message I, I was amazed. I went back through some of my old messages. And I looked and looked and looked. And I have I'm yet to find any message. That I have ever preached dedicated solely to the subject I'm going to be preaching on this morning, which is the rapture of the church. I've mentioned the rapture. I've talked about the rapture. I've, I've preached messages and included the rapture, but I have never preached just a message in its entirety covering the rapture of the church. And that's what I want to deal with out of these two portions of Scripture this morning, the rapture of the church. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Uh, Heavenly Fathers, we come before you this morning. We are a blessed people. 
Lord, to hear what our ears have already heard, to experience in our hearts what we've already experienced. Lord, thank you for being so gracious to this church. Thank you, Lord, for placing me and Deb at this place and with this people. And Lord, I, I so, I'm just stand amazed at what you've done in the hearts and lives. Uh, like I was saying, in the young people, but not just the young, Lord, in every one of us. Thank you for being the God of the heart, the God of the soul, the spirit, and the body. Thank you for being the God of everything. Now, Lord, as we begin our, our journey together into this message, I pray, Father, that you please uh, uh, touch every one of us. Lord, I need your touch to preach it. But, Lord, those uh, out there in the audience, they need your touch to listen. Now, Father, you enable us all, and we'll thank you and praise you for what you'll do us in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. You be seated this morning. Paul was a very unique individual, and his ministry was unusual and unique. He was not one of the original 12 disciples, and we should shout and praise God for that because the original disciples, a lot of people don't understand this or realize this, but the original 12 disciples were commissioned by Jesus Christ himself to go only to the Jewish people. They were not to go to anybody outside of the Jewish uh, uh, nation. They were not to go to anybody of a Samaritan or a Gentile. They were forbidden Jesus commissioned them to solely to go to the nation of Israel. But Paul was unique in that he was chosen by Jesus Christ himself, handpicked, if you will, to be what we know by Scripture, the apostle to the Gentiles. And we need to be shouting today for that because we get included on the gospel of Jesus Christ. We get, we, we're involved in the grace of God because of this apostle by the name of Paul. He was a unique individual. Another aspect of his ministry is that he was, there were many mysteries that were hidden from the very beginning of time that were revealed to Paul. And Paul was encouraged and inspired by God to write these different mysteries down. We're reading of one of those mysteries today. And these two scriptures, these two passages put together are speaking of one event. Both of them are speaking of one event that is soon to happen. It's called the rapture of the church. This mystery is, is debated and is criticized uh, in, in this belief of, about, by certain ones, I am a pre-trib, a pre-tribulation Bible preaching preacher that believes that one day the next great event that's going to happen in this, in this world is the rapture of the church of Jesus Christ. Well, the critics will say this, they say, well, we don't believe in the rapture because the word rapture is not found in the Bible. And uh, I understand that. And the word rapture is not found in the Bible. But my argument with that is the word Bible is not found in the Bible either. But I still believe and love the Bible, the Holy Bible, the Word of God. Just because something may not be found by word it does not mean it's not written and recorded for us. 
I want to preach on the rapture of the church and maybe say some things that will help you with this and maybe we'll all get blessed by the end of the service. I want to first talk about the mystery of the rapture. The word mystery means something that is difficult to or impossible to understand or explain. It means anything that is kept secret or remains unexplained or unknown. Literally, the word mystery means to shut the mouth and not say anything. And that's what we're dealing with in this in this, these passages is a mystery that was revealed to Paul. Paul wrote it down and he wrote it for a certain class of people. And it is the body of Jesus Christ, the church of the living God. You see the word of God. The reason a lot of people don't like the word of God is because the word of God divides things into categories. Uh, Let me give you an example. There's only two genders, male and female. Can I get a witness right there? Well, that's what the world does not like about our Bible is because the Bible tells the truth about different things. Well, the Bible also classifies this world into two classes of people. You're either lost or you're saved. You're not almost saved. You're not almost lost. You're either lost or or you're saved to be a hundred percent to be lost is to be a hundred percent lost. You can't be halfway saved or halfway lost. And the Bible determines and describes for us two classes of people, the saved and the lost. You're either going to heaven or you're going to hell. You're either a child of the devil or a child of Jesus Christ. It does not matter how you cut it, how you slice it. That is the way the word of God describes it. And that is just a fact of life. There's only two classes of people. Well, this mystery is revealed to the church. The world does not hold this mystery. The world does not capitalize on this thought that one day the Lord is himself is going to descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, the dead in Christ are going to rise. Then we, which are alive and remain, are going to be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in there. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. The world knows nothing about that. But the church has this mystery revealed to it by the word of God. And I'm thankful to to know it. I'm thankful to have it in my heart and in my life. You see, the church, even the church itself, is recorded for us and described as a mystery. A lot of people, when you talk about a church, they think about a building. They think about a structure. They think about Murrayville Baptist Church. They think about driving up in our front parking lot. Walking in two front doors and coming through the doors, walking into the sanctuary and walking through this thing. And they consider that the church, but this building is not the church. The one, the, the church are the ones who are saved, born again, washed in the blood, have their name written in the Lamb's book of life. That is the church. You see, everybody that goes to church is not the church. Everybody that goes to church are not saved, but everybody that is saved is the church. I hope I'm not confusing anybody this morning, but not everybody that walks through the doors is saved. Some are saved, some are lost. That's just a a part of, of, of church. But those who are saved 
are the church. Can I get a witness right there? You see, the, the church are the people. It's not the building. It's not the structure. It's not the roof. It's not the walls. It's not the carpet. It is the people who've been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ and knows Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's the church. Not everyone who goes to church is saved. Now, he's writing this mystery to the brethren. He calls them the brethren. And then he goes on to describe who those brethren are. He said, if we believe that Christ has been, is, has been buried and risen again, that's the people that he's talking to. He's talking to a certain group of people. This mystery is known to certain people, a certain class of people, the church of the living God. There's, there's critics, like I say, of this mystery. There's those that don't believe the church is going to get raptured out before the tribulation. And they argue uh, points and scriptures over all this stuff. But if you rightly divide, you cannot get around this one thought that something mysterious is going to happen one day. And there's going to be a lot of people go missing. And those who are not saved are going to be left behind left behind we watched a movie the other day uh debbie and the boys years ago read the books left behind it was a series of books every time one came out deb and the boys got a copy of it and they read it how many of you ever read that that series left behind well in there it describes some things about the coming events on earth it talks about the rapture it talks about the those who are left behind after the rapture. And that's mainly what it's about. And we're not dealing with all that left behind stuff right now. Maybe a little bit later we may go into all of that. But we're talking about the rapture of the church. In that movie, it depicted somebody who was skeptical about what had just happened. The rapture in the movie had just happened. There was a lot of people left behind. And this one young girl probably in her 20s was real skeptical about what she had heard, about what, what was trying to be explained to her about what the rapture has happened. So she went to the grave yard and she went and she got her a shovel and she began digging. And she was digging up the grave of somebody she knew who was saved. And she dug and she dug and dug and got down to the casket. This is all in the movie now. I'm not, this didn't really happen. There's a, a movie, okay? And she got down to the casket and she knew this person was saved because of her testimony. And she opened the casket and all that was in the casket was a dress. Her, her jewelry that of the person that had, that had been buried in that casket was there. Her dress was there. There were no bones there. There was no, nothing else there. It was just an empty dress laid in that casket. Can I tell you this this morning? There's, there's a mystery that's going to happen one day. And we're not, going to be, we're not going to be here to describe it, those of us who are saved. But if you're one of those who is left behind, I want you to remember the words of this preacher that this preacher tried to warn you and tell you that one day millions of people are going to go uh, missing and it's going to be, you're not going to be able to describe it. You're not going to be able to explain it. 
You might say, well, the UFOs did it or maybe some world war happened and that's the reason millions are missing. But one day, millions of God's people are going to go missing suddenly and you're not going to be here. You're not going to be able to explain why it happened. It's a mystery. The mystery of this rapture. The must of this rapture. He said this corruptible must put on incorruption. This mortal must put on immortality. Why? Because in these bodies as we are, there's no way we could go to heaven in these bodies. My, I mean, this body barely can uh, take care of old age. I read something the other day said that, said that, said, I, I read of people, I see people my age climbing mountains and doing zip lines. Said, I was just thankful I got one leg in my britches without falling over. I wrote that. Amen. I mean, that's my life. I mean, oh, I can't even handle old age. How do you think I could get to heaven in this thing? Thank God he's going to change our bodies in a twinkling of an eye at the last trump. I mean, you can't even. The reason he says twinkling of an eye is because you can't measure the twink. Not, the, not a blink, nothing like that. Not a glimmer, but the twinkling of an eye. In other words, you cannot measure the twinkling of an eye. That's how fast it's going to happen. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, millions of people are going to disappear off this planet and it'll be all the ones who are saved by the grace of God. Can I get a witness right there? Boy, I'm looking forward to that day. The must. One day we're going to drop these old bodies of of clay, and we're going to get a glorified body just like the Lord Jesus Christ. Woo! Hallelujah! I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to that day. I get so tired of the pains and the swellings and the and all the different things that go on in a body. I'll be 70 years old this year, and I know I look good for my age, but but I'll be 70 years old this year, and I'm here to tell you, growing old is not for sissies it's not for the weenie it's not for the faint of heart growing old takes a real man and a real woman to do it amen but one day we're going to get a glorified body just like the lord jesus christ we're going to be like him we're going to look like him we're going to have a body like his and thank god one day this corruptible is going to put on incorruption this thing that gives me troubles is going to drop and I'm going to get a body just like the Lord Jesus Christ. I love 1 John chapter 3. It says, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, for it knew him not. And it goes on to say, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Every man that hath this hope in himself purifieth himself even as he is pure. I'm glad to know that one day I'm leaving this body. I'm going to get a glorified body. Terry, no more pains from climbing the ladder. No more things that you got to wear on your body. No more misdiagnosis. Uh, no more un. Questions unanswered. I mean, we're going to have a glorified body just like Jesus Christ. I'm looking forward to that day. Now, these youngins in here, they may not appreciate that. 
But I'm looking forward to it. I believe it was Zach that was riding with Barry and Kathy the other day, and they were talking about some things, some of their pains and aches and all that's going on. And Zach said, Lord, I hope I'm, I hope Jesus comes back before I get as old as y'all. <laughs> Something like that. I guess if you are young, you could appreciate the thought that you are going to get a glorified body. But listen, we must, the must of this, of this rapture is the fact that we must be changed. You read, you read your Bibles and you find out that every child of God goes through three stages of change. We were changed at the moment of salvation. When somebody gets saved, there's a difference made in their lives right then. You go from the fourth row to the choir. You go from being... You go from being lost to being saved. You go from going to hell to going to heaven. You go from being a child of the darkness to a child of the light. There is a change made in a person's life once they get saved. But can I say this? There is a progressive change. The Bible tells us that we are changed from glory to glory by the Spirit of God. And you know what He's doing, changing us on a daily basis? He's changing us into the image of Jesus Christ. He's making us more like Jesus. And everything we go through, everything we experience is designed and, and developed by God in our lives to make us more like Jesus Christ. Is your life becoming more like Jesus? That's our progressive change. But one day, there's going to come a final change. And Jesus Christ himself is going to descend from heaven. He's going to let out a shout. This world ain't going to be able to understand that voice. But all of us who are saved, I believe we're going to hear three words. Come up hither. Just like John did in Revelation 4. And when we hear those three words, we're leaving. We're going to do something this world tries to imitate with bungee cords. We're going to fall up. Amen. I mean, we're going to be jerked out of this world by force. That's exactly what the, the word called up means. It means to be, to be jerked out. There's a song we sing, Living by Faith. And it says, one day our Lord so will come and so will so gently lead us away. He ain't going to gently do nothing when it comes to the rapture. He's going to jerk us out of this world and we're going to be gone. Amen. But hey, when I leave, set your clock. I'll be back in seven years. All of us who are saved will be back one glorious day. Old Greg Pierce told me, he said that he went over there to Jerusalem a couple of years ago. And he said he went out there, they took him on a tour, and they took him out there to the, to the Valley of Megiddo where the last final battle of, of the ages is going to consume it. And... Uh, he said he went out there and said the, the guide was talking about the Valley of Megiddo. And he said, that's one of the most beautiful valleys your eyes could ever behold. And he said he stood there and he looked about it. And it, from scripture that he knew, he knew that one day that last battle of the ages was going to be held in that very valley. And said he turned around, they were going to leave. He said he turned around and started walking up. And said he came back and he said he looked out that valley. He said, I'll be back. Amen. And us who are saved, we're leaving. But seven years later, we're coming back to rule and reign with the Lord Jesus Christ in glorified bodies. Can I get a witness right there? Amen. The must of the rapture. But then I want to talk to you about the, the moment of the rapture. 
It says in the twinkling of an eye. You can't measure it. It's going to happen that quick. And just, it could happen today. There's no, there's no prophetic statement about when this is going to happen. But we know from the scripture that this is the next prophetic event that's going to happen on planet earth. That Jesus is coming back and he's going to descend from heaven with a shout, the voice of the archangel. And just like that, the saved is going to be gone. I want to ask you something. If it happened right then, would you be leaving? Or would you be left behind? If Jesus were to come right now, would you be going with him? Or would you be one of those who are left behind? That's how quick all of this is going to happen. In the twinkling of an eye. In the moment. It means an atom of time. You can't measure it. It's going to be that quick. You're not going to be able to see it happen. You're not going to be able to realize that, that it happened. It's just going to happen just like that. You're going to look around. There's going to be airplane pilots flying planes that are, it may be Johnny. There's going to be airplane pilots that go missing from their cockpits. There's going to be engineers driving freight trains that's going to go missing. And the train will be just a wild runaway train. There's going, to be, there's going to be people driving down the highway. Say, I can't believe this, this mystery is not for unbelievers. This is for believers. This is written to the church of the living God. This is really going to happen to us one day. There's going to be people driving down the, high, the interstate. And just all of a sudden, the one driving is going to be left. A passenger may be over there to one side. They may be left behind. But that, that driver is going to be taken out of the world. That car will run off the road. It'll be, it'll be total chaos. Why? Because the rapture is going to happen in the moment of a time. Moment of the time. If it happened right then, would you be going? Or would you be left? Would you be one that would be taken by Jesus Christ to meet the Lord in the air? Or would you be left behind to go through the worst time this world has ever known? But the mass message of the rapture finally is for those who are saved. And the Bible tells us that it is wherefore comfort one another with these words. Sister Peggy, I, my eyes just landed on Sister Peggy. She goes through a lot of physical things. She lives right by herself. And she goes through a lot of physical things in her life. She's got, she's a diabetic, an extreme diabetic. And she'll go into almost diabetic comas at times. Her, her diabetes out of whack. But one day, Miss Peggy's not going to have to put up with that anymore. That's a comfort to her. Knowing that one day that body is not going to suffer from diabetes any longer. That's a comfort. Think about some of y'all in this room that I've pastored for years and years and years. I've seen you go through things. I know things that's going on in your life right now. One day all that's going to be over. It's going to be over. It's a comfort. It's a comfort to anyone who's saved to realize that one day, hey, Jesus is coming back. We, we, need, we need to tell our face that. We need to tell our spirits that. He is coming back. Joe Biden's not going to be the president forever. Well, that got a shout out of y'all. Amen. Hey, we got rid of Nancy Pelosi. Joe Biden's next. Amen. I mean, Jesus is coming back. He's coming back 
to get us out of this world. It's a comfort to those who are saved. But to those who aren't saved, it's not going to be a comfort. There's a message in this thought of the rapture. Even, did you know even the scientist of the world knows something's going on? They just set the, they've got what they call a doomsday clock. And they look at things that's going around the world. And, and they, they normally, normally they judge the setting of this clock according to the, the nuclear threat in the world. Listen, China is developing nuclear weapons. They've got a balloon flying over America right now. And uh, somebody asked me, huh? Who shot it? Redneck. Was it a redneck? Was it you, Barry? Yeah. Somebody asked me the other day, said, what would you do if that, that balloon flew over your house? Would you shoot it down? I said, no, but I know a lot of rednecks that would. And they'd say, glory to God, look what I did. <laughs> hey, one day, China's talking about nuclear threats. Russia's talking about nuclear threats. North Korea, Iran, all of them's talking about nuclear threats. They're developing more nuclear arsenal than they ever have before. And the scientists have looked at this. They just set the doomsday clock to the... To the the closest to midnight that it's ever been. They, the midnight would be doomsday. And they just set it at 90 seconds. A minute and a half to midnight. The closest it's ever been up to this point has been two minutes. But now it's been set to 90 seconds till midnight. Even the scientists know that something's going on in this world. If, you, if you're... Look at, at the world in any perspective. You know something's happening. Something's going on. Something's building up. And it's building up to this happening. One day, Jesus is coming for his church. He's coming for his bride. And he's going to catch us out of this world. And we'll forever be with him forever and ever and ever. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Matthew 24. Sis, you come to the piano, please. Matthew 24. I want you to look at this with me. The disciples come to Jesus in Matthew 24. And you read it and look at it. Beginning in verse number 3, and it says, As he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? What shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? If you've got a red letter edition Bible, he starts in the very next verse, in verse number 4, and he talks all the way through chapter 24, all the way through chapter 25, and he describes for them the coming of himself and the end of the world. I want you to look at something in Matthew 24. He says, he says this in Matthew 24, verse number 42. He said, Watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. Verse 44, Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. I want to ask you something. 
just bottom line for any of us in this room right now. It doesn't matter how much money you may or may not have in, in the bank. It doesn't matter what the stock market is doing right now, whether it's up or whether it's down. It doesn't matter how many likes you get on Facebook. It does not matter how many friends you got following you. The bottom line of life is are you saved? Are you a child of God? If Jesus were to come right now, do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt, do you know 100% that you're going to be called up and be with Jesus forever and ever and ever? If you don't know that, I beg you to run to Jesus Christ. I beg you to run to the altar and ask Jesus to forgive you and to save your soul before it's too late. You don't want to be one of those left behind. I've got, I've got scripture and things that we may preach later on about all, all that's going to happen with that. I don't believe the movies. I don't believe the books are right about that. I believe the book of God is right about it. And I, I, I guess I need to carry on with this thought because you don't want to be left behind when the rapture happens. It's going to be the worst time this world has ever seen according to Jesus Christ. And the, your opportunity of being saved will be none because you know the truth now. And the Bible says that if, we, if a person will not accept the truth now, receive Jesus Christ now, when they go into the tribulation, they'll not have an opportunity to be saved. Are you saved? Are you a child of God? If you're not 100% assured in your heart you belong to Jesus Christ I beg you to run to Jesus Christ right now I beg you to get out of your seat and come and say Lord I know I'm a sinner I know I need to be saved I need Jesus in my life Lord please forgive me of my sins and come in my heart and change my life if you're tired of those old sins tired of not knowing tired of not knowing if you're a child of God or not I beg you to run to Jesus why you have the opportunity now as we stand across this auditorium we're standing all across the auditorium listen look at me just a minute this preacher loves y'all I love y'all I love you too much not to preach the truth of this book to you I love you too much not to declare things that are true from this book. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, I beg you to come and ask Jesus into your heart right now. As we bow our heads and close our eyes, heads are bowed and eyes are closed, would you come? Would you come? Would you leave your seat right now and just come to this altar? Church, would you help me pray? Would you come gather around these altars and help me pray that that God would deal with hearts and lives of people. This time's running out. Time's running short. There's not, we don't have much time left in this life before Jesus comes. Would you come and help us pray? Would you come and help us just plead with God that sinners would be saved? That saints of God would, would get things right and get serious about the things of God. Would you come and help us pray this morning? If you're here this morning, you, you don't know for a hundred percent that you're saved. 
would you be willing to lift your hand right now and say, Preacher, pray for me. I know I need to be saved. I know I need Jesus in my heart. Would you pray for me? Just slip your hand up and right back down. Just slip it up where I can see it. I just, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to do anything like that. I'm just, I just want you, I want you in heaven. I want to stroll over heaven with you one glad day. If you're here and you're not certain that you're saved, would you please lift your hand right now? Say, preacher, I just really don't have that assurance. God bless you, honey. Is there somebody else? Preacher, I don't know that I'm saved. Pray for me. I know I need to be saved. I know I need Jesus in my life. Preacher, pray for me. Anybody else honest with God? Honest with yourself? Just being honest this morning. Would you, would you slip your hand up right now? Let me ask you this. If you slipped your hand up, would you be willing to come to this altar? Let somebody take a Bible and show you how to be saved. Would you come right now? That's right. That's right. Come. Come. It's Debbie. It's Debbie. Would you come? Would you come? Help me. As the church takes time while somebody responds to God this morning, heads are bowed, eyes closed. If, you, if you're not 100% certain that you're saved, I would not take a chance. If there was just a some people, you know, don't believe in heaven or hell and, and believe, but what if there's, what if there were 10% chance that hell is real? Would you take a chance on 10% of hell being real? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. But I'm 100% assured from the Word of God there is a heaven, there is a hell. And it determines your destiny is determined by what you do with Jesus Christ. If you're here this morning and never been saved, you don't have assurance that you're saved by the grace of God. We're giving time to those of you that are here and asking you to come to Jesus Christ right now. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Let Him into your heart. Don't put it off. Don't say, I'll wait till another time. We may not see another time. Would you come right now and say, Jesus, forgive me. Save me. Save me. Come into my heart and change my heart. Change.